Hello and welcome to Chapter 3 of the Chester House Chapters, highlighting the lives and times of Northamptonshire's newest, oldest heritage attraction, between the towns of Wellingborough and Rushton. We're building an audio library, meeting the people bringing the estate to life for the wider public, and through the stories of the generations who formed communities here, learning about life from thousands of years ago up to the present day. Truly, it offers a lot more than just a day out to visitors. In this chapter, we're featuring one of the most important assets of the estate, which is significant not only for Northamptonshire, but for Britain itself. Ben Donnelly Symes runs the Ark. I'd like to be able to do pop-up displays in some of the areas of the county where there isn't a museum, because there is significant archaeology everywhere in this county. And also just trying to you know, promote archaeology as a subject and promote the use of it. Professor Sarah Scott has got the diggers in. We have found part of a, a copper alloy bracelet, so twisted bangle, um, lots and lots of pottery, which is uh, something that archaeologists find a lot of, but also uncovering parts of buildings. The President and Vice-Chancellor of the University of Leicester, Nishan Kanagaraja, might have a technical background, but for him, the world of high-tech can complement the more traditional techniques of turning the clock back. We could think about using virtual reality, thinking about how hologram and all these things to bring archaeology to the younger generation in new ways. And we also look back at the summer, as well as forward to the autumn, with Business Operations Manager Stephanie Wooster. So October half term, we're going big on Halloween guys. We've got pumpkins and why not join us for spooky activities all week. I'm John Griff and these are the Chester House Chapters. If history is the telling of stories from the past, archaeology surely delivers the evidence upon which those stories are based in fact. The Chester House estate includes a building which we've referred to in the past but haven't as yet visited. Well, that changes now. Ben Donnelly-Symes is the Archaeological Archives curator based in the Ark. It's almost the first building you come to when you arrive at the Chester House estate for a visit, and it's very clearly different to most of the architecture that it sits with. So what is the Ark? The Ark is the Northamptonshire Archaeological Resource Centre. So what this building is, is it acts as the County Archaeological Archive Repository for all of the archives that derive from excavations that have taken place in the county. And what we're currently doing in it is we're still getting archives coming to the building. We're, we're due to have around about 24,000 boxes of archives once everything that we know exists reaches the building. Anyone can come and access the collections here. If you live on a new housing development, and in most large housing developments there was archaeology that took place beforehand, you would be able to book in and come and have a look at um, the objects that maybe are from underneath where your house is or near where your house is. Or, and then all the way through to professional archaeologists who are currently working for professional archaeological companies, people who are part of community archaeology groups, and also academics and students from universities. So really we're here for anyone and um, it's all free of charge. Why is it nationally important? So, so Chester House, um, the, the Roman town here is, is nationally important because it's largely unexcavated Roman town. So for example, Toaster. Toaster is a, a slightly larger Roman town than Urchester, but Toaster has the town of Toaster on top of it, whereas Urchester has a couple of houses on a corner and some ironstone quarrying that's taken place here. But there is still material there that has not really been disturbed in the same way that you would get in other places. To have a largely unexcavated Roman town it is an unusual thing to have in the south of Britain. Now this is a, a new heritage site for the general public. Was it always planned in that it was going to be here? So basically the reason why the Ark was needed is that in, mo in most counties archaeological archives are collected by the museum service in the county 
Northamptonshire was one of the first two counties in the country to run out of space for archaeological material. Since the late 90s, no one has been able to collect any of this material. It's either been sat in um, warehouses or it's been held by the people who excavated it, so the archaeological companies or the community groups who did it. This has been spoken about since, I think, around about 2002. And it was part of the Chester House project was that it was an opportunity for this building to be created essentially you know it's a, it's a publicly accessible location that people can come to and it adds something extra to the heritage of the site we've said it's not open on a regular basis to the general public why is that the case because you do open it up for people who book in advance yeah so um it's one of the tricky things because obviously i would love to open this building up so that everyone could come in and just see some of the archives but part of the issue that we have is a lot of the archives are very sensitive so so they require specialist environmental conditions so we can't just have the doors being constantly open Um, but also some of the objects are quite valuable so that's the reason why we we have to do it through a booking system but if people are interested they can look on our website and we have tour dates on there and if people are interested in um access in the collections um, in terms of actually doing research they can email um, arc at northnorthants.gov.uk and then we can book them in for um, a research visit your passion for your subject is is very obvious i can see it in your body language i can hear it in your voice is it doing what it's meant to do or do you have plans for it for the future so so yeah we would like to carry on as we are with you know having researchers come and access these collections and um, also trying to make these um, collections more known so hopefully it will start to put Northamptonshire's archaeology on the map but wider than that well, we want to be able to engage the general public a bit more with archaeology historically archaeology can be a bit of a, a gate-kept subject it's always sort of assumed that you need quite a lot of knowledge about the subject matter but we're trying to find ways that we can try and engage people with their local archaeology I'd like to be able to do pop-up displays in some of the areas of the county where there isn't a museum, but there is significant archaeology, because there is significant archaeology everywhere in this county. And also just trying to you know, promote archaeology as a subject and promote the use of it. And with a view to promoting people's awareness, you're doing it right outside this building. You've got the diggers in. You've got a tie-up with academia in the University of Leicester. Is that meant to be a bit of a flag-waving exercise for archaeology, or is it proper archaeology going on right now? No, it's proper archaeology. Yeah, yeah, no. So it's it's a proper excavation on a Roman cemetery and a and Roman suburbs, um, and it will connect people with the you know the local archaeology, but with that extra academic knowledge of what they're actually digging. So past, present, and future archaeology has a foot in all three camps. Yeah we would like to be trying to help promote more archaeology, um, more engagement with archaeology in the county through supporting community groups, um, those who are currently out there, but also those who want to start. We, we know there are a number of community groups wanting to do archaeology. It was noticeable, actually, after there was a week where we had three sites from Northamptonshire and there was also one from Rutland, all on telly at the same week. And we suddenly had loads more interest. Well, there's a school group that is here at Chester House today. I know they're having a visit with one of the volunteers from Chester House. Sarah Scott, Professor Sarah Scott from the University of Leicester is down there as well, so we'll have a word with her. But for the moment, from the ARC, this really, really important repository. Ben, thanks a lot. No problem. That's Ben Donnelly Sines from the ARC. Now, what are those diggers I referred to in my conversation with Ben? Professor Sarah Scott is from the University of Leicester, but grew up almost within sight of the Chester House estate. And when I spoke to her, we were amongst a lot of activity going on, quite literally digging up the past. 
This is a, an excavation involving our students and also uh, lots of community volunteers and students from the Creating Tomorrow Trust. And we're excavating in the area of the eastern suburb of the small Roman town that lies within the estate. So it's pretty much an archaeologist's dream here. We have a fantastic site, uh, it's a beautiful setting, and we also have an archaeological resource centre right on the d doorstep. That's a state-of-the-art facility uh, which houses uh, everything that's been found in Northamptonshire. Have you found anything in the time that you've been here? You haven't been here for very long. Um, so we're really um, cleaning up from where we excavated last year, but we have found part of a, a copper alloy bracelet, so a twisted bangle, um, lots and lots of pottery, which is uh, something that archaeologists find a lot of, but also uncovering parts of buildings. They talk about 10,000 years of history here. You are effectively writing or rewriting history here because of what you are discovering. What are you learning about previous settlements here, about previous society here? Because you've just talked about a town I never knew existed. Yeah, so this whole landscape was uh, really uh, densely settled in the Roman period, but there's evidence for human activity over, over 10,000 years. In fact, yesterday we found some uh, Neolithic and Bronze Age flints on, on this site, and also an HP sauce bottle from the 1920s. <laughs> uh, so it really does span uh, millennia. So yes, for us it's fantastic to have the opportunity to excavate here, but this is a really archaeologically rich landscape. So at Stanick Lakes, just up the road, uh, a, a fantastic villa was excavated in the uh, 1980s and uh, 1990s. They also have a, a Bronze Age barrow. There's evidence for Iron Age settlement here. Um, so it's, uh, there's a lot going on. Is it significant for you that the River Nen is w within sight of here? Because it used to be a fairly fundamental trade route, didn't it? Yeah, so the Roman settlement here uh, is probably located here because it was a, a, a place that where it was fairly easy to cross the, the, the river. Uh, so it's really well placed to take advantage of, uh, of trade. But it's also really special for me because I grew up um, overlooking the Nen Valley. Um, so uh, for, for me, it's a personal connection as well. You come from the world of academia. You've got youngsters who are visiting you today overlooking the digs. How important is that to engender that sense of excitement and interest and desire to know more in future generations with what you are doing right now? I would say that's, that's actually probably the most important thing for us uh, is to engage the local community. Uh, there's also fantastic local knowledge. So we're really lucky to have lots of volunteers working with us here who've been working and investigating this landscape, not, not as their job, but just because they're really passionate and interested in, in local history and archaeology. So it's great to have them here sharing their, their passion and enthusiasm with our students. Uh, but we're also really keen to engage young people. So it's fantastic that we've got the Creating Tomorrow um, Trust uh, uh, students here as well. So anyone who's interested in archaeology and getting a, a, a taste of archaeology um, should keep an eye on the Chester House website. I suppose people looking into muddy pits or people looking into holes in the ground will think that that's destructive. How important is it to protect for the future what is already here? Yeah, so archaeology is destructive, so you have to be really clear why you're excavating. So having a clear set of research questions, being really clear about what it is you want to find out, uh, but also recording in detail. So if you look around the site, you'll see people busy uh, making plans and maps and surveying. Um, so it's in incredibly important that we keep those records because they will be the records that people in the future use to understand the site. Also because we've got the uh, archaeological archive on site, that's fantastic for us. So everything that comes off the site has been washed, uh, will end up in the archive. And then ultimately our, our job is to, to, to make uh, our investigations accessible 
to write up uh, the excavations um, and also, of course, uh, for the interpretation here at Chester House Estate. Everything we do here will be made uh, publicly accessible. So this is new history in 2022, which people will be able to go and see for themselves, which has got to be a good reason to come back here on another occasion. Will you be doing a series of archaeological digs? Because presumably this could be a very happy hunting ground for you. Yes, I mean, we, we hope it will be a long-term collaborative project involving uh, the local community. Uh, but we also have plans for lots of other really uh, exciting activities. Not everyone wants to dig, but there's lots of ways you can get involved in investigating uh, the archaeology, history and heritage of the area. So we're working collaboratively also with other sites, including Stanick Lakes, um, to run a, a, a range of um, activities. That's Professor Sarah Scott from the University of Leicester. Now, normally that would be the end of the story, but while we were talking, a group of school students were on a visit to Chester House, guided by one of the estate's knowledgeable and enthusiastic volunteers. As he led them on, I caught up with teacher Vicky about why they were all there that day. Okay, so our topic this term is local area, and we have come along with another class whose topic is the Romans, so we are combining two topics in one visit. Young children looking at holes in the ground and a lot of mud. Um, are they engaged? Are they enjoying it? Can you tell? Yeah, you can tell. They're, they've got their hands up. They're asking questions. They're answering questions. I think, to be honest with you, they want to get in there and get in the mud themselves. Um, they're looking over the fences. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely engaged and they've definitely got a lot out of it so far. What does it mean to be able to come out to somewhere where there is genuine archaeology in this case going on genuine engagement with history that young people whether they're of school age or not can actually see going on and therefore almost reach out and touch I think actually seeing it in our local area is really good and knowing that the history is all around us and it's something on our doorstep especially being so close to the site um, and physically seeing it happen and possibly fingers crossed we may even see any something being discovered today so I think that's what they're, that's what they're looking for. And once they finish their trip to Chester House Estate, will there be essays set? Will they have to uh, sort of report back on what they've seen? Yeah, I think actually giving a report back to the to the rest of the children in the school and writing what they've seen and writing about their day. We often do that with a lot of visits anyway. But yeah, I've been taking loads of photos as well and it will, it will go out to the newsletter to parents. So hopefully we'll get more people out here because we are very close, like I say, to the site. All right, well, that's the teacher of this particular group of young people who I am now surrounded by. Guys, what do you think of it so far? And you can't get much more immediate customer feedback than that. From the youngest of students, I spoke to someone helping to shape and deliver the final formal education that many will take on their way to careers, perhaps in archaeology or heritage. Nishan Kanagaraja is the current president and vice-chancellor of the University of Leicester, which has partnered with the Chester House Estate. On a recent visit, he told me about his impressions of the place. My first impression is really impressed. It's a fantastic site. I've heard about Chester House and to come and see the new development and the fascinating stuff they have put in the education centre for the kids to come and learn about archaeology, history. I'm just impressed. And I'm really pleased that the university had an important role to play as well because we in the university do archaeology and ancient history. We do research, we do education, and to have a resource like this that we can access is phenomenal. 
This is very much an intergenerational site as well. There are students, as we speak, who are digging. And we've been talking to uh, Sarah Scott with her team. There's also visitors coming from right across Northamptonshire, right across the rest of the country in due course. That intergenerational working must be important as well, given the society that we now have. Absolutely. I think there are two aspects of it. One is, I think, in the universities and society as a whole, we need to communicate what we do to get people to understand the excitement that we share. Why are they interested in what we do? But from a university perspective and also from a societal perspective, I think we need to get more youngsters engaged in archaeology, become passionate about this subject and get involved in discovery. So I think there are two elements to it. But I'm really keen that we can engage with as diff- different generations as we can. And I'm hearing about fantastic projects just as they're doing with armed forces, people in the fire services who come and get rehabilitated, but as well as other people like the Creating Tomorrow College. It's fascinating. Many wouldn't think that archaeology would have any place in that kind of work, and yet it does, because it's telling stories about people. Absolutely, and I think credit to the team. They have come up with creative ideas to engage with the diverse community, and I think there is a lesson for everybody. In every walk of life, we can think creatively to bring new people in, to engage in new different ways, and I think that's what's fascinating about this, how they've thought outside the box to bring different communities at first sight you wouldn't have thought of engaging with. You're the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Leicester. Yours is a technical background, so I'm interested to, to find your, out your views about people digging in the ground and, and, and turning up all kinds of artefacts that haven't been seen for centuries or perhaps even thousands of years. Um, I'm an engineer and I worked in informatics, so you're right, I have a technical background, but I'm fascinated by history. We all have questions that we like to answer about our past and I think where that might help us in terms of thinking about our future. So that is one aspect of it in terms of history. But I think as a technical person, there's another angle that I'm interested in. And in fact, I was talking to Jack earlier. We could think about using virtual reality thinking about how hologram and all these things to bring archaeology to the younger generation new ways that doesn't have to be come in here and dig you can engage in archaeology in different new ways as well so for me although technical i may not be digging but i can see how i can put my skills to use here and that of course plays to a generation that is very very much at one with gadgetry tablets the world of technology And that also is a great way to get them to look backwards as well as forwards. Absolutely. And I think they will come up with new ideas as well. So I think absolutely we need to find ways of engaging with the younger generation in the way they want to engage. Just because we've done it in a certain way 100 years ago doesn't mean we have to carry on that way. So that's why I think technology has an important role to play. Looking at the Romans right now is one arm, if you like, of the relationship between the Chester House Estate and the University of, of Leicester. You could look at that as being a single transaction. There is a dig going on, it will have a start, it will have a finish, job done, there will then be research work that follows on it. You've got your name on the glass here. The university is very much a partner here at the uh, Chester House Estate. You see this as a long-term relationship, therefore? Very much so. Archaeology is one of the best in the country, and it will remain one of the best in the country and the world. So we want to continue bringing students to learn about archaeology, and I want them to come and see the opportunities they have at the site. And we also want to see how we can think of new ways of working with the Jester House. It'll come by the partnership. So some of it I can see right now. Some of it developed into new relationships, new opportunities in 10 years' time. So this is a longer-term partnership. But I think what is important to recognize is partnerships take time to build. 
once you build a partnership, it's well worth sustaining it because new opportunities will emerge from that partnership. Fascinating to have you here. Great to have the opportunity to talk. Come back and talk on the series again in the future, won't you? Delighted to. And I'm going to look forward to hearing more about Chester House in many different ways. That's Nishan Kanagaraja of the University of Leicester. And there'll be lots more to come from the ARC and its work to do with the past in future editions of the Chester House chapters. My last guest for this particular chapter is someone definitely looking at the present and forwards towards the future. Stephanie Wooster is the Business Operations Manager for Chester House. With a very busy summer almost complete, I asked her how the business part of the estate has been doing, given that it now has to earn its keep. We're not a year into trading, we're soon to annualise in October, but actually we've done incredibly well. We have doubled the number of visitors expected, Um, we've already won an award without even being a year old, and the numbers that are really supporting us well, and we couldn't be more grateful to the public, so thank you very much. What do you put that success, that early success down to? Is it just a honeymoon period? No, I think it's down to our fantastic events that we hold uh, throughout the year, not only the summer we've just had, but going forward and, and the support of the public. It's been fantastic. There are so many things that go on of a different nature here at Chester House. If your role is to develop the revenue, the business end of, the, of this place... How difficult is that to do because you've got so many different things on offer? Open-air rock concerts have suddenly become part of what Chester House offers, and it's a heritage site. It is very easy to fall into that trap, I suppose, in terms of business and doing just one thing. But we have learnt, I believe, through COVID as a, as a whole you know, sector that you cannot rely on just one area of the business to survive and to grow. You've got to be adaptable, you've got to be able to effectively you know go out there and have something for everybody so whether you want to come here and do a spot of shopping in one of our local shops or whether you want to come and you know just walk the waterway or just come and see the sites then you're more than welcome to and that's how you survive you build on rock concerts as you say you know Queen and Elton was fantastic but you know you might like the quieter pace of life amongst this courtyard like where we're sat now I mean the sun's out it's absolutely beautiful and you can just bring a picnic read a book and have a lovely time to yourself. And you also had quite a lot of if I call them festivals, that word sometimes gets overused, but you've, you've celebrated the Romans, you've celebrated the Lace Wars. I mean, you, you've introduced all kinds of things to the general public that they might not have otherwise recognised existed, but now they've embraced them, which means presumably they'll embrace other things and come back again. Exactly, and that's what we want people to do. I mean, coming up in September, we've got the Sealed Knot doing a living history camp and drill displays all around military and civilian life in the 17th century. I mean, it works perfectly with our farmhouse and barn. Why would we not just go to that century as well? We can go anywhere in time here, and that's what we're really lucky to be able to do. What about what's coming up in the course of the next two or three months, for instance? Because by that stage, you will be heading for your first anniversary. Yes, we'll be coming to our first birthday. So um, 10th and 11th of September, as I've just alluded to, you've got the Sealed Knot doing their living history and uh, camp and drill. Then um, throughout selected dates in September, you've got the North Ants Open Studios, a beautiful art gallery going to be put up, so you can come and have a look free of charge for that. And then we've got something a bit different. You've heard of wedding fairs. Well, what about a children's birthday party fair? You know, everybody needs suppliers, everybody needs bouncy castles, and who are the best entertainers? So come and meet our suppliers for that on the 8th of October. And then, of course, you've got Halloween. 
one of our favourites. You know, we really went big with that when we first opened last year, so this will be pretty much in line with our birthday. So October the 22nd and 31st for um, October half term, we're going big on Halloween, guys. We've got <laughs> pumpkins, and why not join us for spooky activities all week? I don't think I've ever seen quite so many pumpkins in one place. Wearing your business hat um, and in the interests of bringing as many people in as you possibly can, there's a very specific project which is going on at the moment. If you actually come into uh, Chester House, it looks as though you've put an enormous great road in down towards the line of the River Nen. It's not quite that. Just explain what's going on and what that roadway will enable for people who do come to the estate in due course because that roadway is not going to be here forever. No, that roadway is not the prettiest uh, part of Chester House at the moment. Uh, Chester House sits on a beautiful landscape and yes, we have a temporary road that's currently been built across the landscape. That is to allow a very, very large reaching crane onto site to finally complete part of our main business plan, which is to allow accessibility for all and that is to repair and fix the bridges that go over the water to allow access literally for all. So it's the final step and we're nearly there for completion this early autumn and that will allow walkways so you can literally walk from say Stanick, Rojden Lakes, from Wellenborough, all these surrounding villages to have access across the, uh, the river or across from the fields it will be absolutely fantastic and it's just been amazing to finally see that road appear because we're nearly there. And that really ties you in because that connection to the Nen is an elemental part of why Chester House exists. You've got the moorings that opened up a short while ago, relatively speaking. Now you've got the bridges. It, it's, it's more than one bridge, isn't it? Um, it is. So the first one's being done. That We're hoping for that one and then it'll be a second, but we really are excited. You know, this is something brilliant and, and Chester House needs to be accessible to all. It's something that we've said from the beginning that we've wanted and, you know, without North North Ants Council, without the National Heritage Lottery Fund, we just wouldn't be here. And all of these elements are finally coming together and if you haven't been yet, just come and see us. Looking forward to the future by way of a look at its recent past. That's Business Operations Manager for the Chester House Estate, Steph Wooster. And that's all for Chester House Chapter 3. My thanks to all my guests, Ben Donnelly-Symes from The Ark, Professor Sarah Scott and Vice-Chancellor Nishan Kanagadaja, both from the University of Leicester, Business Operations Manager Steph Wooster, and last but by no means least, the young school pupils and their teacher Vicky on their visit to the estate. I hope their essays and reports earned them A-grades. For information on the latest events taking place at the Chester House Estate, don't forget to check the website, chesterhouseestate.org. For now though, thanks for listening and do join us for episode 4 of the Chester House Chapters in a few weeks' time. Yeah! Goodbye.